Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. I was having a bad dream that the Denver Broncos are going to be on prime time one more time this season. They're on prime time again, everybody, week eight in London. Thankfully, us East Coast people and certainly West Coast people will be asleep and don't have to deal with that nonsense again. I don't know what is going on with these. I'm, I'm angry, as you can tell. Okay, I've got, I, I couldn't sleep last night. It just angers me to no end. What is going on on primetime NFL football this season? It's bad game after bad game. Justin Herbert's obviously not healthy. He's dinking and doinking. His offensive line stinks. Denver's offensive line stinks. Their defense is elite. I understand that. But wow, is there some bad football being played here? Tom Brady was absolutely right. There's simply just bad football being played in the NFL this season. (sighs) All right. Got that off my chest. And welcome to episode 32 of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. As always, I am your host, J.P. Sticko. Thank you for coming along for this episode where we're going to cover all things week six in the NFL. We're going to talk best players in each and every game. We're going to talk about what went well, what didn't go well. And of course, we're going to cover Fantasy waiver acquisitions heading into week seven. I'm all lamped up again because I was not happy with the football being played yesterday. Football overall right now in the NFL in terms of fantasy production is down 22% since last season, meaning players are scoring 22% less points this year in the NFL in comparison to last year. That's a huge drop. Now, Who are we going to put the blame on? Are we going to put the blame on coaching, offensive line play, skill skill set, sorry, of these skill players or the quarterbacks? And last but not least, are the defenses just that much better? Quite honestly, I have no idea where to point my finger because some teams, the offensive line's the issue. Some teams, it's a quarterback. For me, if I'm going to have to, if there was a gun to my head and said, what is going on in the NFL? It's just these teams offensively don't look prepared. The defenses just seem to be outplaying the offenses. And then when the defenses are lacking, the offense is not taking what the defense is giving them. I, I just, I don't understand it. And we got teams that have no business being five and one. <laughs> my New York football giants going five and one because they are. They are following through on the X's and O's. They're following through on game plan. They're executing. And I love to see it. The New York football giants are five and one. Woo! Football is pretty in New York, isn't it, right now? We got the Giants at five and one, the Jets at four and two, and the Buffalo Bills at five and one. Buffalo Bills, and I mean, I grew up in Jersey. I grew up right out, right next to uh, Giant Stadium, which is now MetLife Stadium. Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, is not a New York team, even though they're in New York. They're not. They're not a New York team. However, if you want to say they're a New York team, let's give the Giants and the Jets to the New Jersey. What do you guys think about that one? Right. But either way, Buffalo Jets and New York Giants are all doing well this year, and it's really great to see. 
But in terms of fantasy production, there's a lot to be desired. If you're ready to get week six coverage and full in-depth analysis rocking and rolling, because I'm ready, let's roll. Right, all right. Let's go ahead and start with the San Francisco 49ers against the Atlanta Falcons. San Francisco 49ers lost this game 28 to 14. However, I have been pumping Brendan Ayuk, okay, ever since Trey Lance went down and Jimmy G came in at quarterback. Jimmy G likes to throw to Ayuk. He is their only, in my opinion, pure route runner on the team, meaning Debo, don't get me wrong, Debo is an unbelievable football player. But in terms as wide receiver, I like Brendan Ayuk. Now, obviously, I would rather have Debo because everything that he does. But I'm saying as a pure wide receiver, I like Brendan Ayuk, and I see why so does Jimmy G. Now, last week, Brendan Ayuk had a poor, poor showing. This week, however, he had eight catches for 83 yards and two touchdowns. That's equivalent to 28.3 PPR fantasy points. On the other side of things, we had a Kyle Pitts sighting, people. It was like seeing the Loch Ness Monster for the first time. Kyle Pitts had three catches, 19 yards, and thankfully a touchdown. He scored 10.9 fantasy points this season. Now, in terms of fantasy, what I'm going to advise everybody to do moving forward, okay, is we're going to really want to try, if we can, I know it's going to be hard, but try to sell these Atlanta Falcons running back, these young guys. we got Huntley and Tyler Alishir. Now, the reason why I say that, okay, is A, their production has been down these past two weeks. But what I was not realizing when I was pumping Tyler Alishir was that Damian Williams should be coming out of IR, okay, as early as even like this week and probably next week. And this is going to for sure, hurt the carries for Tyler Algier and Caleb Puntley. But on top of all that, right, Cordell Patterson is eligible to return in two more games. If the Atlanta Falcons keep winning, why would they not try to rush back Cordell Patterson and get him into their lineup? Atlanta Falcons right now are 500. Okay, so why wouldn't they try to get him back if he's healthy enough to get onto the field? So my opinion here in terms of fantasy purposes, Okay, is let's try to avoid these running backs at all costs in Atlanta. Even when these guys come back, like Damian Williams, I don't want Damian Williams, I don't want Tyler Allergier, and I don't want Caleb Huntley in my lineup. However, with that being said, please remember this is bye week territory. We're getting into the bye weeks now, so you're going to maybe possibly be forced to start one of these guys in this order, Tyler Allergier, Damian Williams, Caleb Huntley. Game two on the week six stock it. New England Patriots 38 and the Cleveland Browns 15. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. It was Steven's season in week six. He had 19 carries, 76 yards, two touchdowns, four catches, and 15 yards receiving for a total of 25.1 fantasy points. He looked explosive. He looked like he was running angry and we're running with something to prove. I love myself some Stevenson. So as long as Damian Harrison is out of the lineup, Stevenson is a fantasy RB1. When Damian Harris gets back, Stevenson 
is an RB2 and absolutely needs to be in your lineup. The New England Patriots found something in Zappi, and they found something in this offense. This offense runs through the running game. They need to run the ball to be successful. And Stevenson is running the ball successfully, so therefore he stays in your lineup. In terms of the of, of the receiving core in New England Patriots, Thornton, the rookie out of Baylor, had four catches, 37 yards, one score. He even carried the ball three times for 16 yards, and he scored a touchdown on the ground. He scored 21.3 fantasy points. If you listen to like episode two of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast hosted by myself, I was high on Thornton after the draft. I think this guy is explosive and he's fast. And so does Bill Belichick. Okay. So waiver wire claims. Okay. We're going to get there in a second. I'm going to give you the order in which I would take these guys on the waiver wire. But this is the first guy I'm mentioning that I'm targeting on with one of my waiver priorities, Tyquan Thornton. Remember that name. He even played, okay, coming off of injury, guys, we got to remember this, right? He was just hurt. Okay? He came back from injury and he played 47 of the 49 snaps through three quarters. He was almost on the field 100% of the offensive plays for the first three quarters. Another guy to keep on your radar is Hunter Henry in terms of the New England Patriots. Now, I'm not saying go out and, and use a high waiver priority on Hunter Henry, but he has received eight targets, okay, this past week. So in week six, he saw eight targets, and he only saw 14 targets in the first five games. Okay, he scored a touchdown on this one. So what we're starting to see here is run game, tight end passing, and let's see if that continues with the New England Patriots. Okay, let's let's just keep an eye on that. Do not go and use a waiver one on Hunter Henry. You are wasting your waiver because we just don't know yet. In terms of the Cleveland Browns, not much to much to mention here. Okay, Brissett struggled. New England did what they do. They take away the run. They force Brissett to pass, and it just didn't work. New York Jets twenty-seven, Green Bay Packers ten. Wow. I'm starting, you know, these Green Bay Packers team had, you know, even without Devontae Adams, still had some high hope. And so did I. I said they were going to go over their win total. And it certainly does not look like that is happening. They look pitiful. News has just broke that they are in search of a wide receiver. That should have been the case since the offseason after Devontae Adams left. I don't know why they weren't searching for a wide receiver then. But news is starting to break. They're in search for a wide receiver. Look for D, uh, DJ Moore, look for Odell Beckham Jr., or simply look for nobody. <laughs> because I don't know if they're willing to give Rodgers the help that he needs. Okay, this team is still good. They're just not performing at all. Their defense doesn't look very good. The New York Jets put up 27 points. Brees Hall, 20 carries, 116 yards, one touchdown, two catches, five yards, 20.1 fantasy points. It's a great week. Brees Hall... Weekly starter, get him in your lineup. Do not take him out. On the other side of the football, Alan Lazard, four catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown, 17.6 fantasy points. Alan Lazard is a very, very good NFL wide receiver, but he is not a wide receiver one. Okay? Four catches, 76 yards. He's the big threat wide receiver that he's always tended to be. He's like the MVS role now on the Green Bay Packers, but they're trying to force him into a wide receiver one. And to catch four passes and be a wide receiver one, 
It ain't going to work in today's NFL. A cut candidate, okay, out of this game, I'm going to lean towards Tyler Conklin. Okay, Tyler Conklin was a was a, a very popular name a couple of weeks ago, but since Wilson took the helm in, as a New York Jets quarterback, his usage has significantly dropped. He only ran 12 routes on 21 pass plays last week, and he's only seen three targets in two weeks. He's an absolute drop if you're looking to pick somebody up off the waiver wire. Next game before I take a short break is a Jacksonville Jaguars 27 and an Indianapolis Colts 34. I, I, I was on Twitter right after this game, and I saw a, a very well-followed fantasy uh, analyst. I'm not going to say names because I don't like to do that. But he was claiming that this offense is better with Deion Jackson than Jonathan Taylor. Give me a break. I get it. Deion Jackson had a good game last week in week six. He had 28 fantasy points. He carried the ball 12 times for 42 yards and a score. But all of his points came from 10 receptions for 79 yards. Don't get me wrong. This is a fantastic week, and this earned Deion Jackson playing time in Indianapolis. This kicks out Hines and puts in Deion Jackson, in my opinion, in that third down role. But do not, do not tell me that Deion Jackson is better than Jonathan Taylor in any offense. I don't care what team it is. I don't care what generation we're in or what time zone or what planet we're on. Jonathan Taylor is the better running back. And my main man, Michael Pittman, showed up. Michael Pittman, wide receiver one, Indianapolis Colts, 13 catches, 134 yards, and 26.4 fantasy points. That, to me, is what Michael Pittman needs to do on a weekly basis. Okay, Matt Ryan decided that he needed to get his playmaker the ball, and that's what happened in week six. 13 catches, 134 yards. Next guy that I want to mention on the other side of the ball is Zay Jones. Okay, I mentioned his name last week. He is now a guy that is firmly in my waiver wire targets. Okay, Jacksonville Jaguars are banged up at the wide receiver court. But even if all those guys are healthy, Zay Jones is turning into Trevor Lawrence's trusty wide receiver. He had five catches for 53 yards against the Colts in week six. Okay, and he's leading the team full season in receptions. Zay Jones is Trevor Lawrence's number one wide receiver. I'm going to take a break. Be right back. All right, all right, all right. I understand that this is a fantasy football podcast, but if you're into fantasy NBA hoops, do yourself a favor and make sure you go and get Brewski 150. He was the first guy to lead everybody in the fantasy NBA world to guys like Tyrese Hilliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and McKeel Bridges. The Brewski 150 is now available to all fantasy monthly members, including the extremely affordable fantasy pass at just $5.99 a month. Head to sportsethos.com to upgrade your fantasy pass now and dominate your league. All right, let's continue to rock and roll here with week six recap. Next on the docket, a Minnesota Vikings 24, 
Miami Dolphins 16. To recap this game, Minnesota Vikings are, are quietly 5-1. and one. The Miami Dolphins are hurting without Tua Tukavailoa. It's obvious, okay? But let's get down to the numbers. Mike Gazicki for the Miami Dolphins, six catches, 69 yards, and two touchdowns for a total of 24.9 fantasy points. Now, sorry, I had to take a sip of water there. I'm dying of thirst. I'm all angry. I'm all amped up. I'm sweating. But Mike Gazicki is not a waiver wire ad at all. And the reason why I say that is because we had two different quarterbacks play, and both their names are not Tua Tugavailoa. Until Tua Tugavailoa gets in and plays and is showing me that he's consistently targeting Mike Gazicki, I want nothing to do with him. Game plan is different with backup quarterbacks. Game plan is totally different with a third string quarterback. So let's let's not let's not jump on the Gazicki bandwagon and do the uh, whatever the dance that he does in the end zone. It looks like a clown. I don't know. Let, leave Jefferson to that dance, okay? The gritty, whatever it's called. Let Jefferson do it. All right, Mikey boy. Let Jefferson do it. Tyree Kill, twelve catches, one hundred and seventy-seven yards, and twenty-nine scores. Tyree Kill is quarterback proof, meaning that you he yeah he, he, he can't go wrong no matter who's throwing the ball. I can throw him the ball from my couch all the way to Miami, and somehow he'll catch 150 yards. But, however, Tua Tugavailoa is expected to be back next week for the Miami Dolphins. So what does that do? Tyreek Hill stays exactly where he is. Waddle gets his bump back up. Gusecki gets his bump back down. In terms of the backfield in Miami, okay, the backfield in Miami, okay, was, was confusing last week. We didn't know who was the backup. Was it going to be... Uh, Gaskins, was it going to be Edmonds? Was it what was it going to be? Last week it was Gaskins. This week it was back to being normal. Edmonds was a third down back, he was the two minute back, while Raheem Morstert was the RB1 on early downs. Morstert carried the ball 14 times for 49 yards, and Chase Edmonds was in on third down. So, in terms of that backfield, I want nothing to do with any of them. I said that way, way, way before the season even started. This Miami. Uh, Dolphins backfield is just an absolute headache. In terms of the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook looked like garbage until his 50-yard touchdown. They need to get him going if they want to do and make noise in the playoffs. I understand that they're winning. However, this team is going to win if they can run the ball successfully all game long. I know Dalvin Cook has always been known to be a home run hitter. I get it. However, if this team's going to be successful and they want to feed Jefferson the way that they have been and they want to keep Cousins standing and not on his back, they have to run the ball more efficiently on early downs. Next game on the docket, Cincinnati Bengals 30, New Orleans Saints 26. And this was a breakout parade for Jamar Chase. Seven catches, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. That's equivalent of 32.2 PPR fantasy points. Now, let's keep in mind, Okay, Higgins did not practice all week. Higgins was banged up. Higgins played, but he didn't look like Higgins. Could that have been the reason why Joe Burrow was peppering Jamar Chase here? Seven catches, 132 yards, 32 points is the highest of the season for Jamar Chase. I'll come back to that in a second. In the run game, Joe Mixon, eight carries, 45 yards, four catches, 23 yards, and one receiving touchdown. Hallelujah, Joe Mixon, 16.8 fantasy points. I would like to see those numbers become more consistent. I would like to see Joe Mixon get around 10 to 12 carries. I'd like to see him catch around four to six passes. And I'd like to see him get into the end zone once a week. 
if he can do that, that the Cincinnati Bengals will be successful. They need to run the ball to open up the pass. Okay, stop putting so much pressure on Joe Burrow and his offensive line, which is absolutely brutal. Getting better, but brutal. Run the football. Keep the defense honest. Hayden Hurst, the Bengals' tight end, was held to just three catches for 21 yards. However, I am still looking to add Hayden Hurst. Why am I adding Hayden Hurst after only catching three passes? Only six players on this entire Cincinnati Bengals uh, offense was targeted here in week six, Hayden Hurst being one of them. Did you know that Hayden Hurst is second in the NFL in tight ends route ran all season long, meaning that he's run the second most routes out of all tight ends in the NFL? I want that on my roster, especially in a position of tight end that it's been abysmal this season. If you don't have Adams, you don't have Kelsey, you're in trouble. So you need a guy like Hayden Hurst that's going to have opportunity, right? In a position that is lacking production, you need to make up production for opportunity because any given week, he can find the end zone. So give me Hayden Hurst off the waiver wire all day, every day, not saying the waiver wire one. I'm a big, if you guys have, if you guys can't tell, I'm a big component of holding on to your waiver wire ones. They're so valuable. If a running back goes down and his handcuff is not held, if a wide receiver one goes down and now they jolt the wide receiver two, there's so many chances that you, we, you could use waiver wire one, but you need to be selective in those chances, in those choices. Hayden Hurst is not a waiver one priority yet, but he is an app. We'll get to that later. Baltimore Ravens 20 and the New York football giants are 24. 24 to 20, the New York football giants moved to 5 and 1 on the NFL season, baby. Mark Andrews, seven catches, 106 yards, and a score, 23.6 fantasy points. Mark Andrews is an absolute monster. He's an absolute beast. We knew that from the beginning, and he's just proving how good he really is. Kenyon Drake, 10 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. He also added one catch for eight yards. That's 19.7 fantasy points. Now, don't get me wrong. Kenyon Drake was really running well. If you watch that game, which I did, he was running really well. He looked explosive. He was hitting, he was reading the right holes. He was making the right cuts. He looked good. Now, news came out of Baltimore that J.K. Dobbins' knee started to tighten up on him. And that's why he missed and didn't play a single down for the last 40 minutes of that game. This is something we need to monitor moving forward because if J.K. Dobbins is hurt, 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 with Edwards coming back, off of being hurt. Kenyon Drake is a sneaky, sneaky play here in week seven. Daniel Ballinger, rookie tight end for the New York football giants, continues to pave a role in this offense. He looks really, really good. He caught all five of his passes thrown his way for 38 yards, and he got into the end zone. Okay? However, the one knock on Daniel Bellinger move coming into week six was that he wasn't playing on third down. They had a Tanner, Tanner Hudson at tight end playing on third down. However, in week six, Bellinger played all 16 third downs for the New York football Giants. He too is a sneaky late waiver wire ad, meaning if you have waiver wire like 10, 11, or 12, and you know the guys in front of you are not really going to use their waivers, you should have a good sense now that the season's been moving, who's making moves, who's waiting. 
you should go and grab Daniel Bellinger. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, immediately wake up in the morning and check the free agent list, see if Daniel Bellinger is there because he could be a sneaky ten, uh, tight end play here moving forward. Another ad, Wendell Robinson, finally back from injury, the rookie uh, wide receiver out of Kentucky, looked very good. Um, he didn't play all the time, but he in the limited time that he did play, he looked excellent. Um, he played 15 total snaps, and he was rotating in and out with Richie James. So if you know anything about Richie James, he was a slot receiver for the New York Giants in weeks one through five. If Robinson continues to grow rapport with Daniel Jones, he could easily slide into a sneaky, sneaky flex play on a weekly basis. Okay, think screen passes, think ends around, think of think of receiver in the slot that is consistent at getting first downs. I don't think Wendell Robinson ever becomes a big play guy for the New York Giants, meaning like like deep passes. But I don't think he has to be. He's a small and statured wide receiver, good slot receiver, shifty, explosive with the ball in his hands. So I think that's what the New York Giants are going to do moving forward with Wendell Robinson. I would absolutely add him on the waiver wire. Next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 18 and the Pittsburgh Steelers 20. What in the world is going on in Tampa? We got Brady cursing people off. I mean, he's always been doing it, but now it's just like really cursing everybody off. Um, he's obviously not having an easy, easy time dealing with his family issues, rightfully so. However, Tampa. You got to figure this out. This team is way too talented to be losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who look abysmal this year. Chase Claypool came out of nowhere, seven catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. He also carried the ball for eight yards. That's 23.4 fantasy points. Leonard Fournette, 21 carries, 63 yards, six catches, 38 yards, and a score, 22.1 fantasy points. Now, that wasn't a good Leonard Fournette day, right? That's something we expect from Leonard Fournette. But the six catches, is very good for Leonard Fournette owners. Why? Because the Rashad White train was creeping down his back, in the back of his neck. He was coming for those third downs, but Leonard Fournette had a really good day catching the ball, six catches, 38 yards. So can he do that continuing moving forward? If you have Rashad White, hold on to Rashad White. I am not saying drop Rashad White because any week he could take over that third down role. He did only have seven touches, touches though in week six, but again, hold on to Rashad White. Do not drop him. Najee Harris. Okay. Oh, Jalen Warren's coming for his job. Jalen Warren's going to get more work. Get out of here. Okay. Najee Harris touched the ball 16 times compared to Jalen Warren's two. Okay. Both starters, meaning Harris and Fournette, caught touchdown passes. Give me a break. Give me a break. And give me a break. Next game, Carolina Panthers 10, Los Angeles Rams 24. Christian McCaffrey, 13 carries, 69 yards, 7 catches, 89 yards, and 22.8 fantasy points. Is CMC going to be traded away from the Carolina Panthers? News broke today. Kansas City Chiefs reworked Travis Kelsey's uh, contract. They're making room for somebody. Could it be CMC? I don't know. Rumor has it could be OBJ. I don't know. I think they need to go defense as well. I think they need some help on that defense. But either way, Christian McCaffrey is absolutely fine moving forward. If you got him with the first or second pick over Jonathan Taylor, or instead of if Jonathan Taylor went one and CMC went two, you're absolutely thrilled right now. Okay? Because those are the consensus ones and twos. Allen Robinson. Wow. 
Wow, he's back. Is Allen Robinson back? Five catches, 63 yards and a touchdown, 17 fantasy points. I don't think Allen Robinson is back, but hell, it's good to see. Now, if you're anybody, if you're somebody named JP Sticko, which is myself, you benched Allen Robinson this week for good reason. He stunk. And then he goes ahead and gives you five catches, 63 yards, a touchdown, 17 fantasy points while on your bench. Now, I'm a man of my word, and I was high on Allen Robinson coming into the season. He was high on my rankings. I talked about him on Twitter a lot. I thought he was going to produce in L.A. And so far, I was wrong. However, with that being said, if he's going to produce while on my bench and it makes my rankings look better at the end of the season, hey, Robinson, you know where you're staying? On my bench. I'd rather my, my listeners, you, do better than my fantasy team because it's only one. I have a lot. Without Robinson on the bench. So Robinson, if you want to go off while on my bench, please, by all means, I'll bench you again next week. Go off for my listeners. Go off. However, I am not going to start him next week. If I, I And I suggest if you believe that he's back, you go and put him in. But I probably would weary away from him putting up another 17 fantasy point week. News out of Carolina. Robbie Anderson was shipped to Arizona. So Marshall is possibly worth a waiver wire add in deep sleepers. Um, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't totally think about, you know, again, deep leagues. We're talking very deep leagues where there's like you go to the free agency and there's nobody available. Um, then maybe I'd think about it. 14 team leagues. Yeah. But other than that, I'm probably staying away. I mentioned on my Twitter, Deontay Foreman, add Deontay Foreman with news that Christian McCaffrey is going to get shipped or looks like it's going to get shipped. I'm not saying definitely is. I'm not hearing that, but it looks like he's going to get shipped. Dante Foreman moves right into that RB1 role for Carolina. Now, Trevor Hubbard is obviously going to get some run as well, but I like Deontay Foreman. He's 26 years old. He looked good in his time in Tennessee last year when Derrick Henry went down. So I think if they ship CMC, and I think they're already in total rebuild mode, why not just run the heck out of the ball? And Deontay Foreman, could very well be very valuable in fantasy, but not in real life because Carolina is still going to stink. But in fantasy purposes, a flex or RB2 play moving forward. LA Rams, Cam Akers is another, another little issue going on here. He looks like he is demanding a trade out of LA. I really would like to know what happened. Like, was he arguing with the coaches? Uh, was it a front office thing? What what happened here? But uh, Darrell Henderson jumps right up to um, flex play. RB2 slash flex play here moving forward. I would like to see the Rams run the ball a little more effectively for I can bump him squarely into running back too. However, if you have him on your team, you are thrilled what's going on with Cam Akers because as of right now, Darrell Henderson is the clear starter in LA. Another couple of little news here. You know, I was just watching a game. I was watching, you know, the Rams game. I was like, I was like, where, where's Tyler Higby? He, he ran a lot less routes this week than he has in the past. He must be a little bit tired or banged up. They've used them heavily in the first five weeks. So his playing time slash route running was cut down a little bit here. Let's keep an eye on that moving forward. Next game, we got two more games here. Three more games before I get into my waiver wire ads. Arizona 9, Seattle Seahawks 19. Kenneth Walker, 21 carries, 97 yards, and a score, two catches and 13 yards for 19 fantasy points. If you added him, you are screening from ear to ear. 
He's that good. He's as advertised. Get him in your lineups. Zach Ertz continues to produce at the tight end position for the Arizona Cardinals. Seven catches, 70 yards, and 14 points. Now, let's keep in mind, Hollywood Brown went down with an injury. In comes Hopkins to save the day. And also, Robbie Anderson, like I mentioned earlier, from Carolina was traded to the Arizona Cardinals. I think Hopkins is a must play even the first week back. He wasn't injured. He was suspended. He is, a, he is healthy. He is in shape. Play, play, play. I don't think Robbie Anderson hurts his value at all. I think Robbie Anderson actually helps his value because of safety, because of Robbie, uh, Robbie Anderson's speed, needs to make sure that he is giving some attention to Robbie Anderson on the deep ball, thus opening Hopkins a little bit more in the passing game. Hollywood Brown going down and Hopkins coming back is very, very good for Zach Ertz owners. Why? Because Zach Ertz, I think, continues the production in which he had because there was a little bit of concern with Hollywood Brown being healthy and Hopkins coming back that Zach Ertz's production was going to drop. However, Hollywood Brown being out, Hopkins coming in, Robbie Anderson running the deep routes. Zach Ertz keeps his fantasy production moving forward. I'm going to take a break right here. I'm going to get back. I'm going to give you the two last games I'm going to cover, and then let's get to the waiver ads. All right, two more games before we get into the waiver wire, and that's going to be a wrap on episode 32. Thanks for joining. Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. This game started off a lot slower than many people thought it was going to be. They thought it was going to be a shootout right from the gate. It took some time, came out of halftime. Quarterback started rolling. Stephon Diggs is that dude. 10 catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown. That's 30.8 fantasy points. Juju Smith-Schuster had a great game. Five catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. 22.3 fantasy points. With that being said, I don't like the five catches for 113 yards. And what I mean by that is I would have rather him have seven, eight catches for 80 yards, something like that. That means he was getting more involved in the offense. However, he's a hit or miss player, right? He's like a Mike Williams. We're seeing with Mike Williams. He can give you a ton. He can give you none. So with Juju Smith-Schuster, be careful with inserting him in your lineup. Put him in your lineup, but be a little bit weary about what you're going to get. Dallas Cowboys 17, Philadelphia Eagles 26. The Eagles are the real deal. A.J. Brown came out strong, kind of died there in the second half. We had five catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown for 17.7 fantasy points. Ezekiel Elliott turns back the clock, 13 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown. He caught a pass for five. That's 15.6 fantasy points. Dallas needs Dak. Okay, you can say all you want about Cooper Rush and blah, 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 but as long as they continue the game plan in which they had with Cooper Rush, but just insert Dak Prescott, this team is going to be much, much better. And what I mean by that is play good defense, run the football, pass when you have to. Dak Prescott is a better passer than Rush. And what that means is he'll make the big plays when they need it. Cooper Rush was not making the big pass when they needed it. He was missing a lot of receivers there. Insert Dak there. I think that game turns out differently for the Dallas Cowboys. Devontae Smith added five catches for 44 yards and a score. All right. So in terms of waiver wire ads, okay, I'm I'm looking at the waiver wire and there's no one that is absolute definite waiver wire one. Again, this week, I am saving my waiver wire one. But we're looking at 50% less ownership here at the waiver wire. Um, I like Alec Pierce. I like Randall Moore. I like Wendell Robinson. I like Kenyon Drake. 
I like Rashad White if he's not already owned in your league. Uh, Michael Gallup's at exactly 50%. I think getting back Dak Prescott only enhances his chances of having good weeks. And then Jamison Williams for the Detroit Lions should be coming off back from his injury. Explosive rookie. I think he can do some big things in that Detroit uh, lining up opposite side of the sun god. I'm on St. Brown. So I would probably put him in this order. I'd probably put Alec Pierce. Oh, I forgot Latavius Murray. I'd probably add Latavius Murray. Um, Gordon is throwing a tamper tantrum because he can't hold on to the football and the coaches noticed it. However, Denver's in shambles, so I really don't want anything to do with those guys. <laughs> but I guess I'll take Latavius Murray. So in the order, I guess in terms of waiver priority, I'm not using high waivers on any of these guys. If I have a waiver wire five or lower, um, my order would probably be Alec Pierce, Rendell Moore, Wendell Robinson, uh, Rashad White. I'd probably go Latavius Murray, Kenyon Drake, Michael Gallup, and then Jamison Williams in that order. Uh, again, no real high waiver wire ads this week. Okay. Be careful. Again, Foreman is an ad. Devante Foreman is an ad, ad, ad. Wait for after waiver wire. If he's, somebody didn't pick him up already, add Devante Williams, not on waivers on free agents, add, add, add. Okay. Cause if CMC gets traded, he can bump right in to a very solid flex, uh, in terms of just getting carries on a weekly basis, scoring in the red zone, things like that. All right. Well, that will put a bow here on episode 32 of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe to this, comment below, rate it, help me out, share this with your friends and your family. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. As always, you guys have a good rest of your week. I'm actually not going to be on the live show on Sunday. I have a conference to attend um, in Knox, in not Knoxville, I'm sorry, in Nashville, Tennessee. So I'll be there for a couple of days uh, starting on Sunday. Um, I will be back a little bit later in the week. So hopefully I can get my podcast in a little bit later in the week. So you will not have a waiver wire ad show for me next week. So make sure you follow me on Twitter because I will post my waiver wire ads there. Twitter handle at JP Sticko, J-P-S-T-I-C-C-O. All right. I will see everybody back here live on the show at some point next week. You all have a fantastic, safe rest of your week. Hug your loved ones. Make sure you call the ones that you uh, don't have really good relationships with. Mend those relationships. Life is too short to hold grudges. Peace, love, and fantasy football. Everybody, good luck in week seven.